Hello, listeners. You are about to hear an exclusive interview with the amazing Jessica Strauss. We got to interview her last July, so July of 2020. And also, just so you know, this episode is a spoiler-free episode, so we hope you all enjoy. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Ultra Hope Girls, a Danganronpa podcast. Today, we are so honored to have on Jessica Strauss, the voice of Hiroko from Ultra Despair Girls, um, and we have a bunch of fun questions planned to ask her today, so let's just get started. I'm Maddie. I'm Marin. And I'm Caroline. I'm Hiroko Hagakure. And we're the Ultra Hope Girls. One. Two. Welcome. You're on the threshold of an amazing episode. Showtime. Thank you so much for coming on. We're so excited to have you. I'm excited to be here. This is awesome that three women are interviewing me. It's a first time. Wow, that's wild. But we're really honored to be the first. We, yeah. We are. Yeah. We got to get more women into the gaming industry for sure. Yeah. Definitely. Amen. All right. So our first question for you today um, is a nice, easy start. How did you get into the voice acting scene? I've never heard that question before. <laughs> <laughs> That's a new one. <laughs> um, and I've answered it, but I would, l- I love to answer this question because there's lots of different ways to get in to voiceover. The way I got in was the typical way, which is like through theater. I got a BFA in theater and then I came down to well, I started when I was a kid and I started putting on shows in my backyard and stuff like that. But, um, so I got into, I got a BFA in theater and I did a lot of shows on stage. And, um, then I came to LA and I did more theater and I did some on camera. And because I did a lot of character work on stage, it transferred really easily into voiceover. And that's why I started working in voiceover because I did all these characters. I, I started, I think I tried uh, a couple classes and I, and I booked a job and then I made a commercial demo and, and it went off from there, you know, <laughs> but I, I remember one of the first jobs that I got was on a game called um, Diablo two. And that was through an on-camera agent. Wow. So back then, I mean, the way you get in is so different from back in the old days. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm, but anyway, I'm a, I'm young at heart. So that's probably why I played Hiroko. But anyway, yeah. So I got in, in a different way through on camera, but also, uh, yeah, submitting through drama log. I got a union job that was on a game and that never happens these days. Maybe it does. I don't know. So that's but awesome. the theater training that I got had a lot of vocal training and all the acting training has really helped me grow and survive in the business. Where did you go to school? I went to UCSB. Okay. Yeah. That's Denver. awesome. Welcome. Welcome to UCSB, where we live in perfect middle-class ecstasy. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh, man. Caroline actually is in musical theater right now. Oh, yeah. you are. Cool. How yeah. do you like that? I love it. I, I've always kind of wanted to do acting theater. I don't know if I'll be on stage or if I'll be on camera or maybe voiceover, but I'm open to everything. Yeah. I'm good. Musical yeah. theater is going to be great because I teach voiceover now. This Actually, I used to teach a long time ago and then I got invited to teach with a company. And so the people that come in with acting training, it helps you so much. That's because good you understand how to be directed. 
That's true. So, yeah. And improvisation is really, really good if you want to get into voiceover because you improv quite a bit. That's good to know. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Improv is, yeah. I'm a little rusty, but <laughs> better. You know, I wasn't that, I, I took, I was in a, in a theater group where, you, where they had to improv all of our, we did original plays. So all of our scripts were improvisational, but that helped me so much because I was just making up stuff to create a play. And I did that for like three years. And so I didn't do that much imp- improv on stage, but I did with that company. Really. Gotcha. Hmm, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And our next question for you is, we were curious um, what you've been up to in quarantine. Crying? No. Emotional <laughs> 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 roller coaster. <laughs> um, actually, I had, I remember when just before quarantine hit, I was like on a callback for a game and I was like, oh, is this going to happen? And I had a different home studio set up. And so when everything stopped, all the studios stopped in L.A., because I'm in LA and um, everything just went like within days and it was so weird, but I was still teaching online. And so I was going through all this different COVID stuff with all my students as well, like different parts of the country. One of my students was in Seattle, Washington, I think. Yeah. So that was, it kind of hit me what was going on in different parts of the country. But also what I did during that time is there was free um, or you donated, there was free, classes online and I got to meet up with engineers in LA that gave me recommendations and everybody that went on the calls recommendations on what to do with their home studios to upgrade so that's mm. what I did that's I, upgraded, awesome. I upgraded my studio and um, in fact I just completed that it was a big deal because I moved um, I totally cleaned out a room that was had a bunch of junk in it and yeah so that was what I did and I <laughs> And I already, the first job that I auditioned for from my booth, I booked. So that was cool. That's congrats. That's awesome. Yeah. You you remember, it's like riding a bike. (laughs) That's true. um, Yeah. So that has been a big change for me and it's actually something I didn't do. So it's almost like in a way it confronted a fear of spending that kind of money on my career. And um, I think it was, it feels really good at this point. And I think in a way this, this time has made me fearless because why not? Yeah. Yeah. That, girls. Yeah. <laughs> right. But also, you know, it's not all the time. There's been times where I've just like on emotional roller coaster, definitely with all the changes that have gone on in the industry. It's true. I know. Yeah, I, for sure. I feel like it'll be more of this home studio setup. I would assume like post COVID because people are like setting up all these home studios. And I think a lot of people will be able to do professional work from home. And also there are, I mean, I just know from a, a a survey that I got in my email that there are a good majority of actors that are afraid to go in the studio because it is sort of a Petri dish. You're selling, you're sharing a pop screen with all these other actors and it's a small space. And even if they clear it out, they don't know how long, you know, the virus is there, but if they clean it really well, I'm kind of in the tweener category where I'd be like yeah I'd go back if I trust what they're doing you know right like as long as they're sanitizing it yeah right as long as they're sanitizing it and they're they're going going by all the regulations I think it could be okay but I also think it is going to be the wave of the future because it is now that people have upgraded their studios that people are going to choose to go that route because it's Mm -hmm. safer 
True. It was already going that way anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Um, and so we, we kind of saw that you've, you've been in the industry for, I think like over 20 years, which is awesome. Um, what like changes have you noticed like within the industry itself or like the kinds of roles that you've booked throughout your career? You know, what's weird is that role that I booked recently was a little boy and I booked, <laughs> I booked a little boy at the beginning of my career. So it hasn't changed that much, Book ended. <laughs> but no, it has changed. I remember having a pager. Now I don't know if I've been in 20 years cause I don't, cause some of those projects, they have dates that go back. I guess I, I, around 2000, 2002 is when I really started working a lot, but I guess I had a few projects as I was doing on camera. But anyway, I used to have a pager and I used to have to stop my car when my agent paged me and run, run and find a phone booth if I was, you know, to go get my audition. So that's what I remember. We didn't have cell phones. <laughs> Back wow. in the day, yeah, I mean, the technology has changed the industry so much. And also, nobody knew what you looked at, looked like. So when I got into voiceover, I thought, no one's going to know me. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> and it's going to be cool because I can make money at this, but I can have privacy. And now um, social media has totally changed that for voice actors. Absolutely. And you have to wear makeup and, <laughs> and do your hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm actually considering getting, uh, I mean, I'm, I've a little bit fought it cause that's not what I grew up with, but I'm considering getting a stand for my phone so I can take better selfies. I mean, <laughs> you know, I never thought that would be part of my job. Yeah. It is, it is actually nowadays. Yeah. That's interesting. And then also, oh my God, we had DVD, we had um, CDs for our demos and, you know, tapes. Yeah. Isn't that funny? And everything's changed so fast. Now it's just MP3s. Yeah. Um, And so kind of staring into Danganronpa territory for a second, you know, we, we kind of have talked to other voice actors and they've said that they didn't know a whole lot before going in um, Mm -hmm. to the Danganronpa recording sessions. We were wondering if that was similar with you because we do know Ultra Despair Girls was like a different style of game. We were just wondering how much you knew before going in. Zero. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I mean, I don't remember. uh, I did that at Bang Zoom. Some of those projects over there, they just cast people. But also sometimes you audition for something and they might hear your voice for a certain character. I can't recall if I auditioned for that or they just cast me. I can't remember. Actually, I think I kind of remember an audition, but yeah. So when you go in, you just have the lines in front of you. And also they can just assign characters while you're there, which is why improv is so important and having an array of characters and being able to change your voice up and down different levels and different uh, age groups is really handy. But when I went in the director and this was odd because this is the only time it happened. That director I really had originally met when I worked with, I think, Blizzard. I mean, he wasn't directing me back then, I don't think, but I think he cast me. So he just happened to be the director on that project. His name was Eric Weiss. Yeah. Yeah, I wrote that down. But so I was surprised when he was there because that's like, you, you never know what's going to happen. It's always six degrees of separation. So I I went in and did her voice and I remember going when he was describing the game I I remember thinking wow this game sounds kind of dark 
<laughs> yeah. There's a lot of murders and a lot of bad things happening. Is anyone going to play this? And apparently, yes. <laughs> right. We yeah. are an example of that. I mean, honestly, like, of all of the Danganronpa games, I would argue that Ultra Despair Girls has one of the darkest themes throughout. So you were not wrong. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, all these, uh, yeah. But then when I researched it and I started um, listening to the playthrough and actually it made me go, I want to play this game because you get to kill angry teddy bears. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought the characters were really interesting and it was, it wasn't scary so much as surreal. And it actually kind of helps you with what we're going through today in a way. It's true. But we don't have any teddy bears. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that would make it better or worse. (laughs) Our enemy is invisible. (laughs) Yeah. But you could actually say it's a teddy bear virus. No, it's not. But (laughs) that beginning scene, I was just like, wow is that similar to what we're going through today? Like we're just shut in. I don't know. I don't stay in so much. I'm in an area where you can go walk around and you don't see people, but that's odd in LA, but I am. Up next, our next set of questions are questions to ask Hiroko. Um, So we would like to welcome Hiroko herself. Um, Hold on, let me get a cigarette. (laughs) Yes. doesn't smoke that I do. Okay, so Hiroko, your son Hiro is in um, a lot of the other Danganronpa games. And so we wanted to know what kind of person you think Hiro will like romantically end up with. Oh, well, I don't like to get involved in my son's dating process, but you know, he does have problems with women. You know, I I just hope that he's happy and he meets a nice girl and he settles down. And if he's not ready to settle down, he just has a good time. He needs to get better with money. That's all I have to say. He just has to get better about money. Hiroko number one mom. <laughs> no, seriously. God. What a queen. We also, we want to know what it's like having Hiro as your son, because he's one of our fave characters, so we were just curious. Oh, well, he's been a really good son. I, I just think... Um, if he's one of your favorite characters, I probably should have watched him a little bit more. <laughs> but you know what I did click on was his hair. And that really, and he was talking about a dojo. So he seems kind of spiritual. And I like that about him. You know, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I love it. Um, what, like, what, like, what was it like raising him? Like being his mom? Oh, well, you know, he was always, he always had a really um, introspective side, but he also had a wild side and he would try different things. And it, it, I just loved being a mom because he's the type of kid that um, is, you know, you should ask him about that. (laughs) I just need a cigarette. I would, have, I would have had to watch more of him on the game. And, you know, maybe I'm going to end up playing him. Playing so the game we'll the say, through. so the series, the way it works is there are three like visual novel style games and then there's right. Ultra Despair Girls, right? And so right. Hero is in the first game. So if oh. you actually just play the first game, you'll get his whole shebang. I did look up, look him up on YouTube and I was like, what is going on with that guy here? <laughs> <laughs> 
Stronger in my hair. <laughs> Always big. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of um, hair in Danganronpa that defies the laws of physics in general, right. just like overall. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so our next question for you, Hiroko, is, um, and this is kind of like a poignant question right now, I guess, during this time period, but um, we figured out, we found out that you were a nurse, actually, and yeah. um, we wanted to ask what it was like being a nurse during, quote, the biggest, most awful, most tragic event in human history. Yeah, that's a big question. Well, you know... Um, being a nurse is a calling. It's a, it's a thing that I've been very proud about doing and it was really difficult. It, uh, I had to reach deep down inside of myself and pull out that old, I used to be quite a rebellious child and pull out some of that, some of that, uh, kid inside of me that's a little bit wild and, won't take no for an answer. And so in a way it made me stronger and it made me connect more to my intuition. I was gonna tell you that I, I would like to marry um, George Clooney just to get out of this game. <laughs> yes! Or <laughs> you know, Matthew McConaughey, but both of them are married right now, but I can wait. Honestly, Matthew McConaughey has a very similar, like, kind of low style, you know, like, yes, he I mean, what would Hiroko and Matthew McConaughey's children sound like? <laughs> um, can we go to the desert this weekend and just meditate? <laughs> That's really That's so good. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to take a quick break, and then when we get back, we're going to be back with Jessica to ask her a couple more questions. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back from commercial break. Okay, so now we're back with Jessica. Um, yeah. And our first question for you, um, we've talked a little bit about this in the, um, this podcast interview, but Ultra Despair Girls is a super, super different style of video game than the normal Danganronpa series, which as Caroline mm -hmm. said, is more of a visual novel style. We mm -hmm. were curious what kinds of video games you prefer to play in general. I like the character-driven games because it's, I like the story-driven dri games. When I first got into voiceover and I did Diablo 2, I did play that all the way through. So I like those kind of games where you go up and you talk to the different characters, you get to hear the voices, and you learn a story as you're moving through the game. That's my favorite kind. I do like fighting games, but my hands are not that fast. So I always, it's me going like this. <laughs> <laughs> me. <laughs> And then after that, most of the games I played were at E3. So I would go try different games. And I usually like the games that are very cartoony and fun and have lots of colors. <laughs> but then I also enjoyed going to the Capcom booth and playing with different people in the cast and stuff like that. What are, and, yeah. what are some of your favorite games that you've played? 
Like, are there any specific ones or? Well, the one I remember most is Diablo 2 because I did play that all the way through. And um, I, I was Amazon in that game. And then I got to reprise that role in Heroes of the Storm as, and I think they call her Cassia. But that was my first introduction to gaming. And I just remember becoming really addicted and it was almost like, I have to finish this game. I have to find out and kill that monster. (laughs) (laughs) And here are all the lines that I said in everyone else's line. Um, I like that game quite a bit. And it's been a long time since I've played a game all the way through, but actually because of this podcast and because of the time that we're in, it made me go, Oh my God, I should start playing games more and activate an old PC that I have because I don't have a uh, PlayStation four or any of those other little things, but I should do a, some PC games and I'd have to make sure this PC is working, but um, maybe I'll end up playing this game. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. But Diablo 2 um, was the one that I remember the most. And I also played, um, oh, what was that game? It was another uh, electronic arts. It'll come. Um, Blade Runner. Oh, wow. Yeah. The original Blade Runner was one of the games that I booked. And actually, I got to meet some of the cast members from the film. Like like Dr. Terrell and maybe that guy with the white hair. I can't remember. But that was so long ago. But that one, I think I did book from Dramalog. And I played that game all the way through. And there was all these mysteries that you had to solve. And, you know, that was really cool. Yeah. Um, Blade Runner's an awesome movie. Wow. Yeah, I mean, but then they redid it, did a game recently. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's so cool. So, That's super cool. I recently found that game, like a few months ago. I found these games that I had bought years ago and probably worth something, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> We have CDs or DVDs. <laughs> <laughs> Our next question for you is, um, what has your experience been like with the Danganronpa community? You know, this is, this is my experience right here, because you guys are the first ones that has, has asked to interview about this particular character, so thanks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> and online, when I post about her, when, it, when the project came out, I remember thinking, boy, this was a kind of a smaller character that I played. You know, I like big characters and small characters because they're all interesting in their own, on their own. And when, when I posted about her, I was surprised at the fan base for her. And I, I was like, wow, she's got a fan page. And there was a lot of people that really liked her quite a bit. And I had no idea how big the fan base was until I posted pictures about her. Yeah, the Danganronpa community is like very tight knit. Like talk about, I don't know if intense is the right word, but people who are in the community really love these games. And so there's usually like a lot of love coming from the fans. Oh, well, you know what? When I started watching it, I was like, this is really well acted. And I know some of the actors on the game and I hadn't looked them up before. And um, I was like, wow, these guys are doing an amazing job with all these different wild characters. I think the characters are really interesting. Oh, and that's yeah. what makes it. And, and the storyline is so interesting. I, I, I will go hit play it. I will. Yes. You have to let us <laughs> know what you think. You have to yeah. My PC works. <laughs> it should. Um, so we, when we emailed you, you had mentioned that Hiroko was a memorable role for you. Um, and we were wondering why that was just like out of curiosity. You know, truthfully, I just remember I had never, I hadn't seen Eric Weiss for a long time. And when he was directing me and also I just remember bits and pieces of it. 
and and finding the character i remember he said we want her to be sexy but not too sexy because she's a mom (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's about right (laughs) and so i i couldn't do a really super sexy voice but you know i didn't i don't think i saw the picture of her either i don't think (laughs) at the session so we played around with the voice a little bit and then it ended up being a little bit of a smooth voice. I remember, you know, um, and once we hit that, he just wanted me to keep it that way for all the lines. I do sort of remember, I had tried to find those places where she gets a little bit hysterical. There weren't too many of those places, but there's places where she sort of loses it and becomes a little bit rebellious, I guess, her old self that that would have been interesting to explore that more where she's like totally even keel. And then all of a sudden freaks out, you know? Yeah. It's aggressive. That's true. That That is like an, always an exciting moment when you're playing a pretty smooth and cool character and then they just kind of explode, <laughs> like, explode <laughs> like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the, it is an acting moment where you're just like, all, all of a sudden you have to justify the line. You're doing this all the way through. And then the line comes up where you have to make a complete emotional jump. And so that's, that's what you do. You just jump, you just go. <laughs> yeah. Um, we were also curious um, as to what you think, like, what you feel like you and Hiroko have in common and, and what your general, like, feelings about her are. You know, you guys made me think about her more. What do, what do, we, have, what do we have in common? I think I do have a Zen side. I think she's kind of Zen. I don't know if I was as troubled with her as her, but I certainly had moments in my life when I was growing up where I'm certainly, I wasn't Zen and I didn't find myself and I was a little bit rebellious, but not probably as much as her. I never smoked cigarettes, but I do. Is she sort of psychic? Her son is the ultimate clairvoyant. Um, clairvoyant. So I kind of feel like she has a little bit of that intuition side. And as you get older, as I've gotten older, that is something that's very true for me. Um, I may be calm in certain circumstances, that yeah, like like during this time, my 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 experience has been, oh well, we're just going to be home, and I'm going to completely change my life. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but I was already teaching online, so that was already in place, and voiceover kind of supports it. Whereas somebody like going to school and having all your school stuff pulled away from you, that's a completely different thing. Unless you were doing school online, I don't have pink hair, but I'd like to. Go for it. Oh my Do God. it, yeah. Take care. Yeah. And actually, when I when I, on my post that I, I'm going to post after this, I thought she would be somebody that I would like to cosplay. And I've never <gasps> cosplayed before, but it would be somebody that I would. Yeah. Well, so I, I, I would like to wear that long pink hair. Yes. Yeah. We, we want to go out to LA to Anime Con at some point. That's our goal. So whenever yeah. we go out there, we will email you and we'll oh. all cosplay together. <laughs> Oh my God, everybody in the whole... The whole shebang. Yeah, okay. It might be two years from now, but we'll see. I know. Okay, so we were curious. um, Is it ever, like, weird when you hear your own voice when you're playing a game? Like, if you were to play through Ultra Despair Girls and hear your voice as Hiroko, is that just kind of normal? Or are you like, oh, like, I wish I'd done it a different way? Like, kind of critical? Or, like, what do you do? What do you usually think? Um... At the beginning of my career, it was weird. I was like, oh my God, I'm on a game and this is strange. Or if it was an anime on TV, oh my God, this is so weird. But now, because I've done it for a while, 
I kind of either enjoy my performance or I go, I like that voice, but I could have made a different choice on that line, but I'm not hypercritical with myself. I used to be. And actually in my voice acting lessons, I tell I try to nip that in the bud because it actually stops you from your best acting. So I just try to learn from what I've done or I, I, I listen to the other actors and I go, Oh my God, that actor really nailed it. She's so good. And I learned from them. Yeah. I don't, I kind of enjoy it. I like to see the final product unless I totally thought I sucked. Then, <laughs> you know, there might be lines where I go, Ooh, I could have done that better. Or there's a line where I'm like, Oh, I like that line. My favorite line I think is the one oh, I'm going to think if I can remember it. She introduces herself and she says, I'm divorced and currently single. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, cool. kind of just says, hey, that's who I am. <laughs> <I'm available>. <laughs> <laughs> but I had forgotten about her a little bit, you know, because it was just maybe an hour or two session. And some sessions can go on several sessions if it's a bigger part, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but she was memorable. That's good to hear. <laughs> that's exciting for yeah. us to hear. <laughs> So we always love to ask, and I know you kind of mentioned earlier, like improv and making sure you have good acting lessons and all that stuff. But what advice do you have for people entering the voice acting field today? Oh my gosh, today with what's going on now, I guess, I don't know. You, you guys, did you have to stop? How are they doing acting classes right now? So I can tell you. (laughs) So I was fortunately um, last semester, I was in a Shakespeare class. And so since that's all about like language and text-based stuff, it was a lot Mm -hmm. easier to do that virtually because we could almost treat it like a radio play. Yeah. Um, You know? Um, So we just kind of focused on that part of it. And we did a lot of like, like for my musical theater performance classes, I would like tape videos and then send them in to be graded rather than performing live, which was fun in its own Right, right, because you kind of get to be creative, you get to be your own director with that kind of thing, but mm-hmm. yeah, that's how it went for me. <laughs> so when you do that acting class, you're using Zoom and you're having everybody's there and they're all talking and trying to listen at the same time. Yeah. So you we, have to we, have cooperation in the class. Yeah, that, I mean, that's basically it. And we, and we would do scenes just with two right. people and then the other people would be muted and then watch, right? Right, so. right, right. So that's great for film. It's great film acting. Anything for voiceover. I mean, I got in through theater, studying plays, reading them out loud. If you get a lot, you know, if you get six feet apart and you read a play out loud or you do it online, that's a great way to do it. Um, Singing, singing for voiceover. Oh my God. My, My, I started singing later in my career and it really helps support, especially for games, all the yelling. But also singing is great. Anything with a microphone, if you got online and you do a podcast or you're communicating with other people with a microphone, then you get to have those, because people that are on stage, you know, you're, you're taught to project. And also musical character, musical theater characters are very broad. And so some of those characters will carry across in voiceover, but then there's times when you're just using a mic and it's more intimate. So you have to be aware of the distance from the mic and how far away, imagining all the characters that are in the scene with you that aren't really there. So that's a challenge with voiceover. So anything that uses your imagination, uses microphones, performing in front of people, public speaking can help. Lots of things. Anything yeah. performing. There you I go. love that. That's great advice. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. 
I mean, we're yeah. running a podcast right now. So <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah, already there. One. <laughs> but you guys have YouTube, so I suppose YouTube is a way you can shoot scenes and, or I don't know how you would do it now, but yeah, I mean, you have to make up stuff, entertain yourself, I suppose. And our last question for you, we always like to give the people who come on our show a chance to talk about any current projects they're working on that they'd like to promote. So yeah, do you have anything you want to share with all of our fans? Well, there were games that I did last year, but they haven't come out yet, I don't think. So I can't share those, Okay, (laughs) but I will share them later. Um, I have been asked by a company that no longer does conventions in the UK to do online um, interviews for 10 minutes. So if I'm going to be posting that it's, Oh my goodness. Where, where is that? I know I actually just got the link, but it's seven star. Oh my goodness. I have to look that up, but I will be posting it on my social media so that anybody that wants to meet me instead of uh, going to a convention, they can actually virtually meet me online and talk to me. I love that. Yeah. And and so I'm going to be, I need to get my posters together for probably the most popular character that I play is Jury from Street Fighter. That's probably been the most popular one, although I'm on a lot of games and anime that, and this one included. So um, I'll probably, I, I have to learn more about how that works. I just got that link and I'll be posting it on social media. And then when projects come up that I can talk about, I'll post those on my, I'm mostly on Twitter and Instagram. Awesome. Well, we encourage our listeners to check out Jessica's uh, Twitter and Instagram and just keep updated on all the projects that she's working on um, so that like when those projects are announced, you're there and ready. And yeah. I have another question, actually. Um, What are like, like what has been your favorite performance that you have ever done? Just ever. Well, I, you know, when you're, perf- I mean, the good answer, <laughs> that's a, that's a catch 22 because, well, most characters, when I perform them, I, lo- I love the character when I'm playing it. And so if you're not completely in love with the character, then usually that kind of shows up in the performance, like you're not finding something. But when I play a character, I let the character kind of saturate me. And so you love the character because you're finding things out about it as you're playing it. So I really love all the characters I do really appreciate Jury because she's really it'd be really popular, like Hiroko and lots of other game characters. Um, but Jury, uh, to me, is psychologically a very interesting person to play, and she's likable and evil at the same time. And I'm not necessarily evil, so it's interesting to play opposites for me. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's why little boys are fun too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the magic of voice acting. You can play anyone. (laughs) Like, I like opposites. Opposites are interesting because I'm like, Ooh, I never. And then it also makes you kind of link into something like, Oh yeah, there's that little side of myself that I never use in my regular life. I can do it completely full out here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Hiroka, when I was playing her, I, I was like, Oh, this lady's really cool. And when I saw her picture, the art actually makes me help and fall in love with the character even more. Like I thought, wouldn't you like to have that mom? Oh yeah, <laughs> she's so cool. <laughs> I mean, I love my mom, but my mom never wore, had pink hair and looked that way. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's all the questions that we have for you today. Um, okay. But we are so, so glad that you were able to to join us and, and oh, yeah. take this time. Yeah, yeah, this was a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Yeah. 
Thank of you. course. And let us know if you do um, play the games, like totally let yes. us know what you think. Okay. So I'll go on. Yeah. And anybody that needs to find where I am, if you go to jessicastrauss.com, all my uh, links are on my website. So J-E-S-S-I-C-A-S-T-R-A-U-S with one S. And um, yeah, you'll find all my media links there. All right, listeners, that is all we have for you today. We hope you enjoyed listening to this interview. We loved getting to talk to Jessica. She is just awesome. Please, please go follow her on social media. Give her all the love. The link to her Twitter will be in the episode description. Also, check us out on social media if you haven't already. We are Ultra Hope Girls pretty much everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We are also now on TikTok, so you can find us there too. And once again, all those links will be in the episode description below. Check us out. Give us a follow. We'd really appreciate it. If you're looking for other ways to support us, the Ultra Hope Girls, consider joining our Patreon. For as little as $2 a month, you can get access to bonus episodes and a bunch of bonus content from us. But that's all for now. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.